Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Don't forget to look for our Rockets postgame shows. We're taking apart this series game by game. But in this show, we continue our look, our in-depth look at the Texans draft picks with Todd Leonard, who covered third round pick Kahele Waring. The San Diego State tight end's journey to the NFL has been unconventional, to say the least. And Todd has covered Waring for the San Diego Union Tribune. Great to have you on the show, Todd. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Just so we know for sure, is Kahale wearing the correct pronunciation? <laughs> uh, Kahale. Kahale. Kahale is the first name. Kahale wearing. Yeah. That's good to know. And, and, <laughs> and are you aware of his full name? Because I just saw that as well. Do you know the whole name? <laughs> uh, I don't know the whole name off the top of my head. I've probably looked at it at some point. What is it? Well, let me just take a deep breath. I need a, before I uh-huh. start this, his, his full name is Kahele Kuio Kalani Michael Wodehouse Waring. I, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> you know, um, when you when you asked me to come on the show, I was trying to think of whether I had ever known why he was named that, and I couldn't come up with it off the top of my head. But um, I'm sure I, I I can't believe we haven't written about that at some point that why he was named that, but. Uh, yeah, no, in- interesting, uh, interesting name, interesting guy. That's for sure. It's, it's a Polynesian background, right? Yeah, it has to be, but, but he's not, you would never ever think that he was Polynesian by looking at him. Right. Um, he looks like he grew up in Southern California, you know, um, or Houston for that matter. Um, no, I, I don't know what the Polynesian influences in the name because he, he's, there, there's no Polynesian look to him at all. So, or, you know, background that I know of. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I'll, I'll, I should have looked it up before I talked to you, but yeah, I, I have no idea on the name because his mom and, and then his dad is his stepdad, uh, the one he grew up with. So I just don't know the origin of the name. Okay. So this is just an incredible story, Todd. Uh, when he got to the Aztecs, Tell us about his background, because I know you've written a lot about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of the more enjoyable and fun stories that, you know, I've been kind of able to tell over the last few years of the Aztecs. So he never grew up with football. He didn't watch football. His family didn't know anything about football. His dad was a high school soccer coach and a club soccer coach. Kahale played club soccer, but the sport that he gravitated toward in high school was water polo um, because his friends played it. And so he played water polo and was a goalie. Uh, and he also loved basketball. So basketball was his other sport. He, he basically liked every other sport, but football. <laughs> so there were two things. One, he loved basketball. So he'd spend all this time in the gym in the early mornings, shooting hoops and, and playing with friends and all that. So you know, he developed very good, soft hands, you know, through basketball. So then he's this water polo goalie, and he's a great goalie. Um, his team's really good. And so that was his other sport. And so, you know, he had obviously great leg strength, great core strength, great hand-eye coordination, because obviously he's the goalie. Um, you know, he's needing to stop shots. So he arrives at his senior year, and all of his buddies on the water polo team have basically graduated. His other friends are playing football 
and this is his senior year. And they say, you know, hey, why don't you come out for football? Because football and water polo are the same season here. And so he decides to go out for football. And I talked to his high school coach. He literally knew nothing about football. He didn't know what a linebacker was. He didn't know what a cornerback was. He knew nothing. And so, you know, I tell the story in this one story I wrote that when he got to San Diego State, so now he played a year of high school football. He gets to San Diego State, and they're in this meeting, and Bobby Houck, who was the special teams coach, you know, former UNLV head coach, I think he kind of had a hint that Kahali didn't know a lot about football. And so they're in this meeting in front of every player, you know, on special teams. He said, hey, Kahali, how many players are on a football field at any one time? And he kind of smiled and paused and he said, 13? (laughs) (laughs) He didn't know how many football players were on each side. You talk about incredible stories because this guy had an enormous impact at San Diego State in his time there and is really in just two full seasons of playing had just an amazing impact because he was a true, you know, pass catching, you know, tight end who, you know, everybody thought pretty early on, wow, this guy could be an NFL player because of his size, his athleticism, and just the great hands that he has. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's an amazing story. The other funny story from high school, because I talked, when I talked to his high school football coach was, you know, how quarterbacks have the, the cheat sheet on their arm to, uh, you know, call plays. Well, they had to give Kahale a cheat sheet on his arm and, and it didn't just have like the play name or call. It had the pattern that he was supposed to run because he didn't, you know, he was such a newcomer to football that he had no idea like what a certain play would even mean. So he had to have like a diagram of the plays on his arm so that he'd run the right route. And the coach, <laughs> the funny thing with the coach is he said he, he almost killed us as much as he helped us because he'd jump off sides so often because he'd, he'd be split out wide. You know, he wasn't just a tight end. He'd jump off sides because he, he, he wouldn't, you know, know or the snap count, you know, he wasn't, he didn't have that much awareness and he's not a dumb guy. I mean, I, I don't want to like present him as like this dumb guy. He just hadn't been around football, you know, in this day and age, when you've got guys playing football I mean, since they were six years old and a guy comes on a team who doesn't know how many people are on a fielder, who doesn't know what a linebacker is. I mean, that's pretty incredible. And then to be a third round draft choice in the NFL, essentially three or four years later is pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And the thing that when you were talking about, you know, him having the, the routes on his wrist or that's one of the things when you read about the draft reports and stuff like that, he's got to improve his route running. Well, of course he's got to improve his route running because he's just got to <laughs> learning how to do that. Uh, and also I read that they didn't have a tight end in the offense at his high school so he said when he got to San Diego State, San Diego State, he had to Google what a tight end was uh, when they told him what the yeah. position that he was play, playing was going to be. Yeah, yeah. But, but here's the thing that impressed me was that when I went to him that first time to talk about all this, he was 
not defensive about it or embarrassed about it. He just told a story, you know, and that's, to me, that was kind of a reflection of what we'd see from him in the future, which was incredibly hard worker. Obviously, if, if he was an incredibly hard worker, didn't care, there's no way he would have gotten to this level, even playing through at San Diego State, right? Because he knew so little that if he didn't work incredibly hard, there, there's obviously he wouldn't have become the player that he was. And that's what they said about him was that, you know, he came in those first couple of years and worked harder than anybody on the team. In his very first game, he caught a touchdown and then he got hurt and he sat out the rest of the year. And then in the first game of the next season, you know, he had like five catches in the, in the very first game of, the, of that next year. And Rocky Long, the head coach, who doesn't dish out praise very readily said Kahale is easily the most improved player on this team, you know, and, and obviously it was a low bar at that point, uh, given what he knew, but that's how, you know, it just says a lot about him that both, you know, he, he didn't mind being asked the questions about how little he knew about football and also how hard he worked to improve himself and, and really, you know, gain the knowledge and the, and the ability to, to play. Yeah, you also quoted his offensive coordinator who said, uh, if you saw this kid in a three-point stance as a senior in high school, you'd think there's no way he'd be a scholarship player at San Diego State. <laughs> right. No way. And, and, that, and that, that, I love that quote because he, we're talking about no way as a scholarship player in Division One football, and now he's going to be in the NFL. You know, that that's the greatest part about it is that um, and at that time, I mean, you know, when I wrote that story, that first story, I mean, we didn't know what his future held, obviously. Um, but I, I got to tell you, I mean, when you saw him on the field and if you watch game film, then you understand that there's just this kind of grace to him, you know, and, and he just he, he's made a couple of just incredible kind of like spinning turnaround catches and also the, the after catch ability that he has, he's not this, you know, just guy who's going to catch the ball and then try to bruise a couple of people. I mean, he's, he's a runner. Um, he's just very, very athletic. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm more excited to see what he does at this level now than I've been really about any player that I've covered at San Diego State because, and, you know, we had Donnell Pumphrey and uh, Rashad Penny, you know, come out as running backs and, and Penny's done pretty well for himself in, in his rookie season. But I, I just, I guess I'm more excited about Kahale because I really liked his personality and, you know, because of his background story is so incredible. I mean, if this guy were to, you know, truly become a factor in the NFL, I, I just think it'd be one of the great stories. If I've got the numbers right, he had 51 receptions in, in 19 career games. I understand there's some injuries, but explain what happened, if you would, uh, to, you know, why, why, why so few uh, receptions in, in the few games. So um, he, he broke his foot in his redshirt freshman season. Like I said, I mean, he literally, the first pass he caught was a touchdown. And then he broke his foot, I think, in the next game. Interestingly enough, like you asked about so few receptions. So San Diego State is a complete run-first offense. Their quarterbacks are mediocre. Their receivers are mediocre. 
And Kahale was really their go-to guy this past season. I mean, he was their leading pass catcher. And <laughs> I have no idea what they're going to do this next season without him. But, yeah, it, it, it was a run-first offense with two running backs who, well, Donnell Pumphrey, you know, set the NCAA record for rushing. And then Rashad Penny came in right after him and, you know, basically did almost the same thing. It, it was a, a run-first, block-first you know, pound the ball offense that occasionally, you know, threw the ball on first down and then threw the ball on third down when it needed to, which wasn't very often. But then with their offense, the tight ends were really important because their quarterbacks weren't all that great. And so they do these rollout plays where that's when the quarterbacks are most comfortable throwing. And so, you know, they just have these, these tight end hitch routes you know, where they'd run across the, the middle of the field and, and they'd throw it to them <laughs> because they really didn't have the ability to do much else. Uh, so, you know, that's why Kahale became so important in offense. And they've had some really good tight ends um, in the program that were around him at the time. They're, they're very tight and strong program. Gavin Escobar, who went to the NFL with the Cowboys, was kind of the leader of that pack. And then there was just a succession of good tight ends after him. And so um, McCauley was definitely the most athletic. I don't think he was ever considered the best blocker among them, again, because of his lack of experience. But he, he gained a lot of strength, and, and because he worked so hard on it, I mean, I think he became a lot better at that. But, yeah, the catching and the passing, you know, just it was not a passing offense. You know, there were, there were limited opportunities, and, and he definitely made the most of them. Very rarely did he drop a pass. I don't know what his stats are on that, but he just didn't drop passes. He has fantastic hands. Big question. He had a foot injury. Explain what the foot injury was and if there's any concern about lingering effects. And I asked this as a, you know, as a Texans fan that watched uh, the Texans pick Kevin Johnson in the first round and, and he missed uh, a lot of games over the last, uh, not last year, but the previous two years, uh, with a broken foot at the end. It basically didn't finish the season for a couple of seasons. So Texans fans are always worried about foot injuries right now. <laughs> um, to be honest, can't remember because it was such a while ago. Can't remember all the specifics of it, but all I know is that it never became an issue again in the next two years. So I wouldn't necessarily be, you know, it's interesting. I mean, we see these guys. I mean, again, like San Diego State had these two backs, you know, Pumphrey and, and Penny, who were incredible backs and incredibly durable. And then they both go to the NFL and, and are injured. I mean, Pumphrey's been injured ever since he went to the NFL. And Penny was injured in camp early last year. Um, so, you know, it's a different, it's a different level of practice and, and camp and all that stuff. So you, I guess you just never know, but I, I wouldn't say that that should be any kind of concern heading into camp. There's, there's no indication whatsoever of, and I don't think that the Texans would have drafted him as high as they did if, if there were at this point. You, you quoted his position coach as saying something that, you know, that sounded like something the Texans organization would have loved. Uh, he said, uh, Kale expects to make every single catch, no matter how it's thrown. If he doesn't, he's upset with himself. That part's great, but there's a scouting report that says he drops too many easy passes. Do you think that's fair? 
or is that you know a criticism of a guy that just doesn't see enough passes and it you know I guess they're they're pre- very precious to somebody that doesn't see a whole lot of passes and of course also uh with you know his learning curve maybe it's just getting used to making those catches in game situations well like, like I said I mean there are <laughs> I mean over over 2 years of consistent playing I like I said I don't remember very many critical drops at all so are those scouting reports based on combine views or whatever? I don't know, but, but he's not a guy who I would ever have said, you know, in my time watching him, Oh man, that, that guy drops easy passes. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen in games. If that's a practice issue, then obviously has to address it, but it's, it has not been a game issue with him. And, and like I said, I, I think he has fantastic hands. He just makes, the kind of plays that you would expect of a receiver rather than a tight end, in my opinion, I mean, that the reaching grabs, the diving catches, there's a play that he made where literally a guy had him like turned around and he, he just picked the ball out of the air um, without being really even able to see it. I just think there's an athleticism there that there's not, that, you know, you probably see more in tight ends. I mean, you know, in San Diego, you know, we we all grew up with Antonio Gates, who came from a basketball background, you know, and hadn't played football. And, you know, obviously, I'm not going to compare him to Gates' his NFL career, but I just think that he's that type of player as far as his ability to make athletic plays that your your average tight end doesn't make. Also, uh, the Texans have three tight ends last year that couldn't block run block, pass block. I mean, they were not terrible, but they were not good. What kind of run and pass blocker is wearing? I think he improved, but I think if if there should be any concern at this point, it would be, you know, his run and pass blocking. And understand, I mean, San Diego State was deep in tight ends. So they had another guy, Parker Houston, who came in more on running plays. He was definitely a nastier, more offensive lineman type of guy and mentality and size. So Houston often came in, you know, on obvious rundowns because he was probably the better blocking tight end. So (laughs) to answer that question, I don't know that he immediately, if, if, if the Texans tight ends weren't great run blockers, or pass blockers, I don't know that you're getting a much better runner pass blocker than those guys were. I don't know much about the Texans, but that's not his. <laughs> I mean, that that can't be why they drafted him. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they had to have drafted him because they saw a guy who was a potential impact, you know, pass catcher, not a blocking tight end. It's interesting. Uh, you know, he talked about, uh, or he has talked about it in the past that, you know, all these sports helped train him for football. You know, he said the cross country uh, that he did in high school, that helps him with his just long distance and endurance and all that kind of thing. And the strength and the endurance of, of water polo and what that does. And, you know, being able to block out and body position and his basketball and really Todd, I mean, this is this, the story of how playing all those sports can help you in so many ways, I guess, in, in football and make you a better football player in the long run. 
That's a great point. And I guess that's another reason why I love this story is in covering all these sports, all this time that I've been doing it, I just hate to see people specialize. I hate to see coaches make guys, you know, choose just football or just baseball or just basketball. And I guess that's why I love about the story is that he was an all around athlete. You know, he really was. And to me, it's all shown through now in what he's doing in football because he did all those other things. And, and, and we just haven't seen it, right? I mean, we, I don't know what the percentage is of guys who got drafted this year who only played their senior year of high school, but it's got to be incredibly low. If, if, if not, he's the only one. But that's all credit to his athleticism and his the skills that he picked up in those other sports because he, he didn't pick up football skills until his senior year of high school. So it just says so much about being a well-rounded athlete and, and being a guy who has a desire to be good at everything that he does. And I'll say this about him too. In, in all my dealings with him, uh, he was just a great guy to deal with. I don't think he's going to be a problem guy you know, in any stretch of the imagination whatsoever. He's just going to come in and work his butt off. How it all transpires is the most fascinating part about it. Because can he, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm praising him over the moon, but, you know, can he adapt to the, all that's required at the next level, the biggest level? I don't know. You know, I mean, he's, it's a huge mental step to go from what he did in San Diego to what he's going to do in Houston. But does he have the physical ability to do it? Absolutely. It, it'll come down to the mental ability to uh, to adapt to all that he needs to adapt to. And and man, training camp's going to be fascinating for him, you know, because of you know the the next knowledge step that he needs to take. It seems like he he has the physical ability. He has the desire. I guess the only question you know I, I would have from what you've said is you know you, you kind of feel like. Is he going to be able to handle it from a mental perspective? Do you think he's got that sort of adaptability and the ability to pick things up quickly? Is is that maybe your your one thing that you're looking at here? Well, I think he proved at state that he could. And and again, I mean, Rocky Long is an incredibly harsh critic of his own team, his own players. And for him to praise Kahale the way he did on his improvement said a lot to me. Um, Because Rocky doesn't throw that stuff out. Just, you know, he doesn't throw stuff out just to make guys feel good. So I I think that he's he's done everything that he could to take the next step. And mentally, he did that. So I see no reason why he can't. It's just, I'm just saying it's a big, you know, we all know that it's a big step. And for a guy so green and so inexperienced in the game, that where nothing comes second nature, right? It's like it's like the play, the play sheet. You know, it doesn't come second nature to him. The physical part of it is completely natural. It's the rest of it. And so I, I, I guess what I envision is our coach is going to be yelling at him, you know, all the time about your, you know, you're in the wrong spot or you're doing the wrong thing or whatever. I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't think that that was an issue at San Diego State in the last couple of years of his career, but it wasn't the NFL. So I just don't know what, you know, with the, with the Texans offense versus the San Diego State offense. I mean, the other good thing for, for a guy coming from San Diego State, and it's why offensive linemen 
have done well coming out of San Diego State and, and tight ends is because they play a pro-style offense. They don't play a, a spread. They've always played a, a fullback, tight end <laughs> offense. And so, you know, they sometimes it's easier for guys to adapt to that um, in the NFL because they haven't, you know, played in a spread and a no-huddle offense and all that. San Diego State's as traditional an offense and as close to a at least a old-school NFL offense as you can get. So from that standpoint, maybe it's not that big a jump mentally because, you know, the offense is very similar to an NFL offense. So we'll see. The last big question I've got for you is, have they erected a statue yet for Chester Pitts at San Diego State? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't know if you know, but he's kind of a big deal in the media here. He's he's all over the place. But uh, uh, as a football player, he was okay. But yeah, he's he's yeah. he's a bigger media presence here than anything. <laughs> no, there are no statues of any football players at State. So Chester would be uh, he'd be a little bit far down the line. I think Marshall Falk will get a statue before Chester will. Yeah, I was about to say that that's that's the guy for sure. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to talk about him. And I, I mean, you know, from everything that I hear, he's the most intriguing guy that the Texans pick with all the, you know, they, they've picked three walk-ons. Uh, they picked Titus Howard in the first round and they pick a, a 12th man from the Aggies, Cullen Gillespie. And we, I profiled both of those guys with uh, people that followed them last week. But, you know, I think Waring is the guy that I'm just most anxious to see what he can do because, I mean, it it, it 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 could be anything. It sounds like. Yeah, no, it, it could be. I mean, I have a because of his athleticism. Um, I have a hard time seeing him not, uh, you know, uh, growing and and getting into some role there. But you know, it's it's so difficult to see, you know, to go from the level that they play at, and 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 we didn't really talk about this, but. You know, this is the Mountain West. <laughs> you know, it's not the Pac-12. It's not the Big Ten. Um, it is the Mountain West. I mean, there's there's definitely not the level of athletes on defenses that you're going to get at, you know, the bigger conferences. And so, again, I mean, if, if that's, a, you know, if there are concerns, I guess that would be another one. And I guess that would be my concern about him moving from the NFL is he's moving up to the NFL from the Mountain West, not from the Pac-12 or the Big Ten. Yeah, and that's the concern, I think, with so many of the Texans' picks this year because they have, you know, Alabama State and uh, Central Michigan, Northern Illinois. So that's, yeah, that's a, that def- all definitely concerns. Well, Todd Leonard, uh, thank you so much for doing this. It's uh, always good to hear from somebody in one of my favorite cities for sure. San Diego is fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this. You bet. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.